This is Grace Grit and Getting It Done, the podcast for women who want to focus on their personal development and their professional priorities, increase their earnings, expand their influence, and advance up the leadership ladder all the way into the C-suite. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. My podcast, Grace Grit and Getting It Done, offers a practical guide for women working in the corporate arena. Weekly episodes feature conversations with recognized experts, authors, and influencers. I'm covering topics from navigating corporate culture and coping with gender bias to prioritizing self-care and managing work-life balance. For more information, or if you'd like to contact me, send an email to lisa at bigsky.coach. Networking. Why do so many people cringe when they hear that word? It's the thing that we know we need to do, and yet it's the last thing that any of us want to do. What is it about networking that makes so many people so uncomfortable? Well, for many of us, we have that image in our head of that very pushy, aggressive person who is only out for their own priorities and is positively toxic. They want to take and yet give nothing back in return, a user. But how would it feel if we started to think about networking as a form of giving back, as a way to bring value added to every encounter, as an opportunity to share information, to create connection, and most importantly, to build trust so that everyone benefits. Isn't it time to reframe our mindset about networking? Today, my guest is Clementina Sula. Tina is an expert in networking, and she's going to share with us how we can create the right mindset to harness the power of networking so that we can create connection, solve problems, and create opportunities. Tina, 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 welcome. Thank you, Lisa. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be with you and uh, to be a part of your community. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. So what is it about networking that so many people just fear it? Well, I think people fear it because it doesn't feel authentic. You know, as you said in the preview, you know, people only network when they need something or it's at a difficult time or in many cases, you know, they feel lonely and isolated. And then, you know, you need something. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, what do I do? You know, I'm feeling stuck. So, um, you know, people sometimes just don't know where to, to start. So, I mean, I can um, tell you where my networking journey started. And um, so I graduated the University of Michigan um, many years ago. And I, and I was, you know, one of those good students that did, you know, everything that I was told and I took everything seriously and I did the semester in DC and I studied, you know, I studied abroad and I had, you know, the research and the volunteer experiences. I had this amazing resume. Then all of a sudden graduation comes and I'm like, wow, what's next for me? Um, and then people, you know, people said to me, Tina, you have to network. And I'm like, okay, great. How do I do that? And then of course, you know, every one of us, we go on Google, right? And then we type in like, how do you network, you know? And the messages that I was getting were so inconsistent, right? And then I'm kind of like, okay, great. What, what do I do? 
Um, and then how do I do it in a way that's authentic to me? And that's really going to help me get where I want to go, but in a way where other people actually want to help me. And it doesn't feel for me like I'm taking advantage of someone. Um, and it doesn't feel for them like they're being, you know, taken advantage of. So it's really, I go back to, you know, authenticity at the end of the day. As humans, we, we crave authenticity and we want to show up in an authentic way. So how do you get someone to make that initial mindset reset that I can authentically network, I'm not being pushy, I'm not being aggressive? How would you actually coach someone through that? Well, um, so... Let's, I'll start with another story. I think as humans, we learn best through um, stories. So I'm an immigrant kid, um, you know, and when we came to America, we had that, you know, idea that, you know, in America, you know, opportunities fall from the sky, right? But then I think what I learned, and I, you know, I think I learned very much later on is that, yes, America is a land of opportunity, and there are a lot of opportunities, but opportunities don't fall from the sky. Someone a human, like a person has to give those opportunities to you. So, um, you know, I think probably 10 or 15 years after graduation, you know, I, you know, like everybody else, you know, I came up with a, you know, a networking mindset, right? You know, Carol Dweck has hers, you know, uh, you know, um, a growth mindset. And I believe in a networking mindset. And I define that as um, a mindset where we can achieve our goals and purposes through our relationships with others. So I think if if everybody were to understand that we can't do anything alone and that we need each other because that's how you, human beings are formed, um, then we would see relationships, which networking is about, you know, how do you, you know, engage and how do you connect with people as the the how of leadership, right? If we want to move the needle in some way, like moving the needle for ourselves and getting a job, then we can only do that if other people, other humans are involved to connect us with such opportunities. Because at the end of the day, and I think it's important to start with, you know, definitions, you know, what is networking? Networking is about building, nurturing, and then activating relationships in order to access opportunity so that we can reach our goals and our purposes. That's such a critical component of leadership. And I love your perspective on networking is essential to leadership because really what we're talking about here is that ability to create connection, build trust, earn respect, work collectively, bring in all the visions and achieve that higher vision of whether it's a business objective, whether it's a um, philanthropic objective. So just talk to me a little bit about how you were able to generate, create this understanding of networking is not just sharing of business cards, which is such a 90s concept and a quid pro quo sort of relationship to what I would call the emotionally intelligent leader. Well, um, so I have this concept that I teach in class and I call it the core. Um, and, you know, I have a five-year-old and I have a two-year-old and, you know, I have a lot of why, why, why's like, why is this and why is that? 
So um, sometimes I think we all have to go back to the basics. So I started with obviously what I teach, which is networking. And I said to myself, okay, if networking is about building, nurturing, and activating relationships in order to access opportunity to reach a goal or purpose, then why am I networking? And then when I answered the question of why I'm networking, I'm networking so that I can achieve that goal or purpose. And whatever that goal or purpose is, that's the leadership that I want to express. That's how I want to move the needle. Then I asked the question, well, why do I care about solving that problem or moving the needle? And then the answer became, oh, well, that's my purpose. That's like that bigger why. That's the thing that's really important to me. Then I asked the why again, right? This is sort of like that big uh, five whys framework. So in asking it again, you know, I got to values, right? Because values are the things that make us us, right? Our beliefs, like their values are the, the core of our existence. So then I, the connection that I made between those components then became, you know, we lead to solve a problem, right? So leadership is the what, or what problem are we trying to solve? The why is the purpose, like why is that important to us? And then when you ask the next question, which is, okay, then how am I going to do it? Well, in order for you, for you or any of us to become leaders, we need a second person to say, you know, I believe what you believe, you know, let's move the needle in this space, you know, and um, Seth Godin, you know, always talks about finding people who believe what you believe. And, you know, it's really about finding that value alignment, the people who we connect with, who have those shared beliefs, who say, hey, we're in this together because, you know, the problem we're solving for, we're all committed to, to solving. Wouldn't it be great if we could do it together? Yeah. So critical, so critical to be able as a leader, identify the shared values communicate the vision and get everybody forward moving in the direction to achieve that vision. You mentioned something really interesting, which I think a lot of people get confused about. I want to dive into it a little bit, which is purpose versus passion. Mm -hmm. Because so many times there's that question of find your passion, everything is going to be great. And people are like, well, you know, has a 20 something, my passion is significantly different than has a 60 something, but you focus on purpose. Talk a little bit more or a lot more about that. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, as you as you just mentioned, passions can change. Like what I'm passionate about today is very different from, you know, what I was passionate about five years ago or even maybe five days ago, right? Because it's just situational, but purpose is something that is, you know, is deep. And purpose is where we get to, you know, test our values. When I was asking, you know, earlier the questions of like, why, 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 and how we've got to values. Well, if you use how, then you can get back all the way up to networking. So um, I always, um, you know, with my students, I tell them that, you know, um, I learned from this psychologist, I forgot the name at the moment, but he says that 50% of our values have been shaped by the age of five. And then by the time we're, I don't know, 10, 11 or 12, it's more like 90%. So um, unless we have a traumatic event in our lives, the things that we value, you know, today or for the rest of our lives, they pretty much have baked, you know, have been baked in. So now, um, you know, I am, you know, as I start doing things, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm turning into my mother. Um, where I'm kind of like, oh, 
school. Like I used to argue and fight with my mom because, you know, I, you know, kids are supposed to be the rebels. And then the older I become, I turn into my mother and I'm not surprised, you know, knowing this, you know, this research that has been done in psychology because she has been a primary influence, you know, in my, in my life. So, you know, in telling students that, you know, as a frame of reference, then I say, you know, let's go dig a little bit deeper on what are the events that you remember in your life, you know, um, kind of like draw a life map, you know, what are positive events, what are the negative events, why are you remembering those events, what do those events say about you, because I think if we, you know, really reflect and, you know, one of my old bosses, uh, the CEO of the hospital where I used to work at, she would say, there's no learning without reflection. Um, you know, I think if we reflect on those life experiences, we can get closer to articulating our values. Um, so purpose, you know, that big why is really our reason for, for, for which we exist. So I can, I can tell you that for me, you know, my immigrant experience, the fact that my parents gave up everything, you know, to give my brothers and I a chance at the American dream is a huge part of my identity. And I remember my, um, one of my dearest friends and mentors, and maybe I'll talk about her, you know, later on, um, her name is Peggy, you know, her name is Peggy Burns, but uh, she shared what, you know, we, we had a reflection and I said, sometimes I don't know where I get my courage. And she said, oh, Tina, I've seen you, you know, when somebody puts you in the corner, that's really where you shine. And I started asking myself, like, wow, it's like amazing that somebody noticed it. But why is that? And um, the thing that, you know, I know to be true is that I don't want my parents sacrifice to go to waste. So when I'm in that position and going speaking to that big why, it's, you know, I show up with courage exactly because of that. That is the driving force. So my parents gave up their lives so I could have my best life. And it's my life's purpose then to pay that forward. And it's how can I help others, you know, get to that point? You know, like uh, Haslow's hierarchy of needs talks about self-actualization. Um, right. You know, I'll need to go through, you know, through the journey layer by layer. But, you know, that's my goal. It's like, how can everyone, you know, show up in the world in very much in alignment with their values and with their purpose. I love the way you broke down the motivation, the self-reflection, the self-awareness, and the tying into now I can clarify my purpose because so many times people are not self-reflective or self-aware. We can be self-conscious, judgmental, and that just clouds that whole ability to actually reflect Tina, I want to ask you because your methodology is so clear. You've obviously spent some time thinking about this, creating this, and obviously you teach this, how to network with a mindset that is building trust, creating connection. How old were you when you realized that you had this strength, a superpower, that you could actually influence people and have a positive impact on the lives of others? Huh. Well, um, earlier I said um, that uh, my, you know, my mentor, my boss, uh, Lynn Tarosian said that there's no learning without reflection. So I'll be honest that, you know, I didn't learn it in high school or in college. You know, it took 
me teaching others, right? So me uh, showing up as a teacher, you know, to really understand, you know, some of these, uh, some of these things. So, you know, I also shared earlier, you know, that I help students go on that journey of, you know, what are your life experiences as a young person? So I'll share with you a life experience as a young person where when I started reflecting, you know, in my late 20s and early 30s, then I was like, oh, like, you know, like I now understand, you know, why I am what I am and how I, you know, why I'm showing up the way that I do. So I grew up in Albania. I was really close um, with my grandparents and my great grandma. All three had a profound influence in my life. And I remember um, my grandma would say to me, Tina, I need you to help me buy some items from the store. So this was a small town where you could walk anywhere. And she would say, I need two pounds of flour, three or three kilos. And, you know, you know, they use kilos over there. So three kilos of this, two kilos of this. And, um, you know, the going rate is this much. You can find it cheaper. The money is yours. Right. And then so I would make my list. She would give me the money and then I would go to my friend, probably like three, four five kids. And I would say, hey, let's go to different stores, figure out who has the cheapest. And then, um, you know, we would go and buy the things at the place that was cheapest. And then we would have, you know, the money left over. We would split and then go buy candy. So I was probably like, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And I did this so you know, so well and all the time. And I love the challenge. So when I reflected, you know, um, I don't know, 20, 30 years later, I was like, wow, that's like leadership 101. You know, all of the aspects, you know, it's I, um, you know, influenced in the sense of join me, you know, we can be a part of this together. We can, you know, um, share the, you know, the what, whatever we get out of it together, you know, it was this very transparent, like all of these, you know, key characteristics. And I have, you know, five of them for, you know, what is a, you know, what makes a great networker or what makes, um, you know, a great leader. And if, if it's okay, I can share those five. Please, with you. please. I, on purpose, like I was intentional and I was authentic. I was showing up as myself. I was very curious, like, okay, how are we going to do this? Like, what were, what are your thoughts, guys? You know, how do we make it happen? And then I think I was very grateful. Like, thank you for helping me because I had to carry these things. I mean, two kilos here and three kilos here and, you know, four, you know, four liters here really add up. And I think at the end, and then the last one, like very generous in that, hey, we are, uh, sharing the the um, whatever we say by candy together. So um, I also remember um, um, watching the master class that Bill Clinton did. You know, a master class. Oh yeah. About how you know there's no such thing as natural born leaders, but some of us get a head start. And he said, you know, you know, my his family, you know, asked for his opinion at the dinner table. And I feel that I had that, you know, same experience. So now I try to model that to my children. You know, it's like, oh, tell me more about this. Or why did you do this? Or, you know what I mean? But to engage them, it's not a children stay here and adults stay here. Because we model the behavior of the people around us. So if we're surrounded by people who are leaders, then we're going to pick up. You know, the behavior of leaders, you know, so the my luck, 
or my blessing or my greatest joy is that I had like my first boss was Peggy Burns, who is an amazing leader, who has all these characteristics and who has her, you know, heart on her sleeve. And I watched her do it, right? I watched her inspire people. I watched her move the needle. And, you know, I, I've been working with her, you know, for, I don't know, 15 years of my life, practically. And, you know, and then when I talk on the phone with her, I say, oh my, I am like such a Peggy Burns person. You know, you know, I mean, sometimes I feel like I'm a carbon copy, but that's why I have such respect and love and admiration. I think it's so important, especially for women, you know, to find people, you know, or be surrounded by people, especially in the work world who are sponsors and who are mentors and who can model the way for us. Um, So, and I guess. The, the final story that I will say in terms of representation is, you know, my husband told me this. So my, my daughter plays with Barbies and there is a Ken doll and then there is the Barbie doll. And I think maybe like a year or two ago, my, my husband's a physician and my daughter said, Poppy, you know, Ken, he's a doctor and Barbie's a nurse. And my husband asked why. Well, Poppy, you're a boy and therefore doctors are boys. I mean, that was such an eye-opening experience that really helped me understand, you know, representation. And I think, you know, especially in the work world, if we can't picture ourselves being that, how can we, you know, how can we map out a journey to get there? Right. That does speak to the cultural expectations, societal norms that are so ingrained in us that we're not even really aware of it. I mean, this ties into the unconscious bias, which is why the self-reflection and the self-awareness is so intentional. But I want to come back to the transformational leadership component, because as you were talking about you as a kid, And you as an adult and the fact that you had the great fortune to have a boss who was a transformational leader that you could model on. You know, you talk about the collaboration, you talk about the strategic input, you talk about the connection, the building trust. Uh, For our listeners, Mm -hmm. when you are working for someone who is exactly the opposite, is not transformational, but is a command control type of leader. Mm How would you navigate through that as someone who is seeing exactly the opposite of what they'd like to become as a leader? I mean, sometimes we learn more from those experiences about ourselves, right? Um, so, you know, every everyone, you know, is in a very different position, right? So, you know, some of us, you know, are married and have partners who can support us. So, you know, I'm, I will never be the person that says you have to do this because I did it and it worked for me. You know, I am just, you know, one example, but I think for me, the, the number one thing that I have learned is that once you know who you really are and really you go through that process, you know, of self-discovery and self-awareness, then if you are in a, you know, in a position where you can't show up as your authentic self, you are really hurting yourself. Because 
you can't be, I mean, that's where stress happens. That's where burnout happens. That's where, you know, I've had moments where I've gone home and I didn't want to hug my children and I would just crawl into bed because I'm like, I am doing, you know, the right thing. I am trying to serve, you know, a community. Like, why isn't, you know, why am I not being understood? Or why does someone not like me? Or whatever, you know, over analysis and overthinking that I would, you know, that I would do. So um, I talk a lot about value alignment, right? And I talk a lot about leadership being personal, right? So an, author an authoritative leader, you know, will lead with their title and lead with their position. And a value-based leader, if you want to call it, or I would say a leader, period, lead true leader, values, right? A true leader. Um, so when I think when you're in a position where there is too much of a clash, I think that is the time where, you know, you go to the network that hopefully you've been building and nurturing and say, you know, I need to find a place where I am value aligned so that I can show up as my true self. There's so much talk about psychological safety and we need psychological safety so that we can, you know, without fear of retribution can say, hey, this is the idea that I have. Because if people don't feel comfortable sharing new ideas, then there will not be any growth. You can't move the needle doing the same thing you've always done. Um, so I would say you should always be networking, right? You should always be, you know, telling the people in your life and hopefully the relationships you're building are high trust. You know, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is where I'm going through. You know, what advice might you have? Is there anyone that I should talk to? Because the best networkers, if you want to use the word best networkers, you know, they are easily rememberable to the point where opportunities come their way without them having to seek them. Right. Exactly. So, you know, people often say, you know, networking is not about what you know, it's about who you know. And I'm kind of like, no, that's not true at all, because I know a lot of people. Right. You know, I could say I know you because I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, but that doesn't mean that you know me and that you're going to do something for me. So, you know, networking or the networkers, you know, networking is not about what you know or who you know. It's about who knows you and do they know you well enough so that the opportunities that come their way, they're able to sift and say, oh, yeah, this is like the perfect thing for Tina. I'm wondering if she might be interested. Tina, I want to ask you a random question right now. If you could give your younger self some advice from all your experience, all the people you've worked for, worked with, who have worked for you, what would you want to share with your younger self? I um, I think about this a lot, actually. And I think I've, um, I would tell my younger self to be in the present more. I was, you know, I was always a doer. I was doing so many things you know, all at once. I mean, I feel like I'm the fast, like I eat so fast. I mean, I can eat lunch faster than anybody because, you know, I was always like, do this and this, this, oh my gosh, what am I going to, what am I going to eat? Um, but I think the greatest gift that we can give ourselves is uh, t spending time with ourselves, right? Getting to know who we are, what we care deeply about, you know, and then um, so that we can do everything with intention and really be on purpose. You know, I, I ask, uh, you know, people like, hey, what's your life's purpose? You know, if I'm sitting next to them on a plane and they're like, oh, my gosh, who is this crazy person? Um, and, you know, it has really made me think a lot about, you know, what is the point of life? What is the purpose of life? 
And I think the, I mean, for me as like today, the purpose of life is so that we can show up as a, as our full selves, right? Like that is the contribution we can make to the world, right? There's only one of me and only one of you. Don't we owe it to ourselves to be as authentic as possible? Don't we owe it to the world, you know, to take our values and then turn, you know, those values into action, you know, and how we show up. So critical. I love that the clarity there in the steps, because when we are acting in alignment with our highest intention and has a roadmap to really fulfill our purpose, that's when authenticity is true, is real, because many people talk about it. I do want to talk a little bit more about your course, because I um, I jumped online yesterday and I was like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant, brilliant. I love not only the strategic approach, but the practical approach. Uh, talk to me a little bit about what the idea was behind. Obviously, you saw the need, you knew you could fulfill it, but how did that come about? How did part of what is your major work in your life. How did you birth that? Oh, I can tell stories upon stories. Um, So it all started with one of my former students. Her name is Clary. Hi, Clary, if you're watching. Um, And she, one of the things I think that she liked a lot about me as a, um, as a faculty member, as a professor, was that I would never let my students get away with anything. If I were to, you know, if a student were to say, oh, I really wish I could work at this company. And I'm like, great. As it happens, the CEO happens to be a Michigan alum. So go ahead, write the email. Oh, no, I can't do that. I'm like, okay, I guess we're staying here, you know, for as long as it takes after class until you send it, you know, so I wouldn't let students just say, no, I can't do that. Um, That student that I mentioned ended up working for that company, by the way, because of that, you know, connection with that uh, Michigan alum. So when the time came, you know, and the Center for Academic Innovation at the University of Michigan had this call for proposals, Clary sent me the link and said, hey, Tina, I know you really want to increase, you know, the, the amount, the number of, you know, you wanted to increase access to the content that you teach. Why don't you create a MOOC, a massive open online course? And my response is like, nope, that's just not me. I'm not doing that. Like I can talk out anything, but I'm not like, I'm a Coursera learner. I'm not a Coursera teacher. And then she's like, yeah, that's not going to happen. You remember like <laughs> you get away with it. And now I'm not going to let you away with it. So um, Clary was teaching at the time, you know, she was a GSI because she was getting her master's uh, degree. So, so that was one main component. The other component is we moved to California and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my connection to, you know, teaching at Michigan or so I thought, I mean, I ended up teaching via, via Zoom. My students would, you know, reach out to the director and say, it doesn't matter that she's teaching, you know, via Zoom. Um, but I had that fear, right? Fear is a great motivator, right? They say that that you that 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 you're afraid of truly controls you, right? And I, yeah. it meant a lot to me to be able to teach and to you know to to teach at you know my alma mater. So that's really how it started. But ultimately, it really goes to my core purpose. You know, if I really want to help other people live their best lives, and if I was having you know success in my classroom then really increasing access to this content became a, this is a deliverable. So I had to apply. 
and that that's brilliant what what i'm hearing and one thing i want everybody who's listening is that if you have a desire to create a change that makes a difference that helps other people that is such a powerful motivation and a purpose can be something as simple as I want to make the world a better place. I want to make the world a better place for my kids, my family, myself, for women in the workspace, for people who don't have a voice, however big or small you want to make it. And I love the clarity on the next step. I love, you know, there is, uh, I think the last name is, uh, I can't remember who said this, but the definition of a true leader is the person who can motivate and inspire other people to do things they didn't believe they could do, to do things they didn't think they could do, to do things they didn't know how to do. And you've provided this roadmap to do this thing that most of us clutch. And instead of using that term networking, it's the term that you use is creating a deeper connection and building trust, which is so, so, so important. So if you were going to speak to women in the workspace today who were taking that first step into leadership or were somewhere in mid-management, maybe experiencing some doubts about their ability because no one in the C-suite looked like them, they really didn't have a model, or maybe they were told, just like your daughter said to your husband, oh, you know, women are nurses and men are doctors. What would you say to those women about how they could step into their leadership? How would you counsel them? Yeah. Well, I just want to be clear. My daughter doesn't think that anymore. Awesome. Good. You know, it's really important. You know, leadership starts at home, right? With our first degree of influence. I mean, I think, and, um, you know, as you, as if anyone looks up the online class, it's free on Coursera and it's because I did want to increase access. You know, people create online courses. I was like, nope, I'm a product of the kindness and generosity of strangers. This is my way of, you know, paying it forward. But, um, you know, the, the class is divided into, you know, what is the connection between purpose and leadership and networking, which we've talked about. We've talked about networking mindset and networking process, because, you know, if there is a process, then you can make it consistent. And if it's a habit, then it becomes a part of who you are. And then week three is about self-leadership. So it really, everything that we do has to start with who we really are at the end of the day because people are gonna be attracted to us because like I said before, they're gonna be aligned to our values and how we show up in the world. I feel, and I have plenty of examples that you know, in many situations, I had more influence informally than a lot of people with titles had formally. Right. So, um, you know, I, I could in terms of getting information, right, because information is power. Information is leverage. I mean, I could sit, you know, at a, in a place where I you know, have worked previously and over text message, I could get more information on what was really happening on the ground than people who were two or three you know, grades higher than me you know, on the leadership poll. So I think women and everyone need, you know, they need to figure out who they are and then show up in a way that is authentic to them. Um, I hope that if you are in a position at a company, I really hope that your personal purpose aligns with the mission of that company. 
because if it doesn't, it's going to show. It's going to be work as opposed to I am making the world a better place, as you said earlier. So doing the deep work of understanding yourself and then when you find the alignment in where you show up, then going full force on that. I think it's like it's it's so core. Um, then it's go and learn, go and take all this information in because the more, you know, information that you have, the more dots that you can connect, the more um, change, right? The more impact and value you can add to that company. And then, I mean, I can talk about tips of how do you celebrate people or how you should celebrate the people in your life. I think, um, you know, one of my favorite, you know, phrases is there's a special place in you know, hell for women who don't help other women from Madeline Albright, that yeah. happens too, right? And I choose to support other people. Sometimes I get burned, but I have the power to choose how I show up. And the people that I'm going to attract are going to be the people that show up the same, same way that I do. Going back to, you know, Seth Godin, find people who believe that, you know, what you believe. Because whether you have a big title or you don't have a big title, you can move the needle if there is enough of you to say, hey, this is important and let's, you know, let's get it done. I love that you're really talking about the abundant mindset, which is that there is enough to go around. And so many people do not understand that, that what is that expression? A rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and I... I talk a lot uh, in some trainings that I do online trainings about male pattern misbehavior and mean girls. Mm -hmm. And there does seem to be sometimes people get into a leadership role and instead of thinking, how can I make it better? They're thinking, how can I make it better for me and my chosen group that I want to support? So it's really a mindset shift. And um, I think it's really so telling that when you're working in an environment, which many of us have, where our values don't align with senior management, or maybe there's a conversation about, here's what we espouse, but in reality, it's not those values, then there's a big disconnect. And that's when the circle of support and the greater networking component really come in to help each of us take that next role, that next job, see that next opportunity. Um, I would like to ask you, what are your thoughts about extroverts versus introverts and the ability to network? Well, I mean, a lot of people come to me and they say, I'm an introvert. I can't do that because you are exactly. so social and you can talk to anybody. Um, but I mean, that's why, you know, I have a networking process that I share because, you know, um, one of uh, the individuals who is on, uh, on the online course, I mean, I have 31 different um experts coming in and sharing their ideas because I said to myself, okay, I can talk about purpose, but why don't I bring in someone who is truly an expert in that? And all like I had me speaking of networking, right? You know, I reached out and um, was able to bring all these people in so that I can share them, you know, with, um, with, the, with the audience. Um, and once you, what, what I learned from Dr. Nivy is that when you have structure, i.e. the process, structure determines behavior, behavior becomes habit, habit is the foundation of culture, and culture is your brand. So if you give an introvert 
do this, they will do it and they will become experts. And I've actually found that introverts make better networks, networkers when you give them that mindset and when you give them that structure. Tina, I love your practical strategy and your heart-centered approach to networking. It, it's really brilliant. What projects are you working on right now? What's coming up for you? Well, um, I have a new job. I, you know, I just think it's been four and a half months now. I work at the Jewish Federation in Detroit. So I am doing a lot of reading and a lot of learning, which I'm really enjoying. I'm doing a lot of informational interviews. And I think um, informational interviews are really how we build strong networks. And I highly recommend them. And the thing about informational interviews versus like a formal interview, um, in informational interviews, people lead from their values because they're representing themselves. So they will give you all sorts of, you know, context and knowledge and advice. And then when you go on a formal interview, it's like, you know, they represent the company, so their behavior changes. So I kind of wanted to, um, you know, to add that as a practical um, tip for listeners. Um, so super, I'm, I love learning. I'm connecting very much um, sort of my own background. I'm, as I mentioned, I'm Albanian and the, um, the Jewish community and how my values align with Jewish values, which is really exciting. I start uh, teaching on Monday. So I have almost uh, 30 students. So I'm really looking forward to getting to know, um, to know them and to helping them articulate and then activate their purpose. I, um, I'm spending most of my time this year really creating structure so that I can be more intentional and more thoughtful and more on purpose in terms of uh, being present for my children and with my children. Um, because it's, you know, leadership is personal. Like I said, it starts at home. And that is something that's really, um, really important to me. Um, sort of long term, maybe, uh, maybe I'll write a book. Maybe I'll start a podcast. I think if I were to start a, a podcast, it's always nice to, you know, to make things public. So from an accountability measure, I would love it to be um, called Because of You. And I would love to interview people and hear the story about who gave them their moment of lift. You know, speaking of networking, we don't give opportunities to ourselves. Other people give us opportunities. I want to hear the stories of, you know, who was that key person in someone's life that really jump-started, you know, their life, career. Um, I don't know. I think that's a, such a beautiful thing. I really am focused on, um, on the positivity. Um, and then I travel. I want to travel because I think when we put ourselves in different contexts, we learn more about ourselves, and I think we get... Uh, creative ideas. So as you can tell, I'm in New Year's Eve mode. Yeah, or New Year's I, I love Eve it. Mode, right? Uh, but definitely I love it. With my life. I, I love it. Uh, um, so how can people reach you? Because I know people are going to, as soon as they hear this, is like, oh my gosh, I've got to find Clementina Sula. I've got to find her. How do, how do people find you? Well, um, I am on LinkedIn. I try to be active. I try to post, um, you know, I have tried to do one big post a day. It's my journaling, right? Because I said there's no learning without reflection earlier. So lots of, you know, I spend a bit of, of time. Um, I try to connect meaningfully with everyone that reaches out to me. Um, most of my posts are actually inspired by conversations that I have, you know, with the people in my life. And um, I hope you'll also share the link to the online course on Coursera. 
Um, a lot of people are adding me because of the course that, uh, because of course, they may go on the course and say, oh my gosh, I had to, to connect. I mean, I'm getting a lot of um, requests for interviews because of people who, you know, are taking the course. So it's really amazing, you know, how people who believe what I believe, right? Um, you know, yeah. we find each other. And I think that's why they say birds of a feather flock together. Uh, or why, you know, kindred spirits, like these things, I think what they mean is that those, you know, shared values and that, you know, we want sort of this, like similar things, or we show up in a similar way, um, you know, to, to inspire and to, you know, to, like you said, to make the world a better place. I love that. I am so honored to have had you as my guest today. Reach out for everybody listening. You can find Clementina Sula. The last name is S-U-L-A. My absolute pleasure to have you today. And for everybody listening, remember networking is building community. It's not aggressive. It's not self-serving. It is serving others so and allowing them to serve you as well. Thank you, Tina. My absolute joy. Thanks for listening to Grace, Grit, and Getting It Done. I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. If you'd like more information or to contact me directly, send me an email, lisa at bigsky, B-I-G-S-K-Y dot coach. Lisa at bigsky dot coach. Thanks for listening.